Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more worthy goal. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like instead of keeping it to myself. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Today, I'm chatting about a post called, Did That Really Happen? This was from July of 2021. Our daughter Alexis arrived in August 1996. Had she been born in a body that functioned properly, we may have had the chance to celebrate her 25th birthday in a few weeks. But she wasn't, and we won't. Her body gave out in 1997 when she was 13 months and five days old. A few days ago, I was experiencing what I have come to call the pre-gaming of grief. That slow onset of a pulling current, which just feels heavy, but also numbing. Each year, as Alexis' birthday begins to approach, I find that it hits me in one of three stages. Before the date, also known as (laughs) pre-gaming. On the actual date, I call this one rare because it almost never happens that way. Or days to weeks after, which I call a grief hangover. The symptoms are always physical, and you'd think I would learn to recognize them more easily by now. I've had a lot of practice with this, and I've tried multiple coping strategies to quote-unquote get through this time of year without it turning my world upside down. I plan rituals, quiet time, a day in bed or a spa visit, or I plan nothing and just go with it. Ultimately, it manifests differently each year it rolls around, and I don't have any real recommendations for best practices. Um, I put in parentheses, the optimist in me can't help but want to make things better for the future. That's true. Um, But what I do want to share today is that even now, 25 years after my precious daughter was born, and 24 years after she died in my arms on a late Monday evening, I am still in disbelief. (laughs) I called a close friend as I was out on a walk, trying to name the daunting nausea and tiredness I couldn't seem to shake. Eventually, (laughs) I said to my friend, Did my daughter really die? Did that really happen? What the hell? And there it was. For a moment, I tried to apply rational thought 
to a fact that I still cannot wrap my mind around. Yes, my friend gently replied, which to me still seems like saying up is down and down is up. Makes no sense. If you've suffered loss, pre-gaming, grief hangovers, or physical symptoms around the dates of certain traumatic events, you're not alone. As I've been addressing in the grief series posts, there's a lot of misconceptions about what grief is and is not. And sometimes I really want to share my own truths, and of course, not assuming these are the experiences of anyone else. But Sometimes I think I want to share so that people that are trying to support someone grieving um, get some (laughs) information that's helpful. So, But for this particular post, I'm specifically reaching out to anyone who is in grief yourself to comfort you with the knowing that if after 25 years, I still feel the morose and daunting physical and emotional pain that became part of me when Alexis died, you are not abnormal if you still feel it too for your loved one. I'm not saying that I don't also feel gratitude, love, working on acceptance, Um, but I am saying that all of these feelings, they're just part of us now. And I didn't really realize that and, you know, for a long time thought, something was wrong with me. So I've upgraded my general goal from not feeling to feeling it all. Ambitious, very ambitious, perhaps. But I attempt to integrate the flood of diametrically opposing diametrically opposing emotions that can hijack my existence at any time. I've tried a lot of options to numb, and some of them even work for a little bit. But the levee always breaks. I've found it less destructive to try and show up before that happens. When I try to white knuckle my way through it, (laughs) I flail around first and sometimes make really big messes that then need cleaning. And when I'm done, (laughs) I still end up in the same familiar place of remembering that I have to surrender. When I do, I eventually drift back into the flow of equanimity, and find my center once again. If some anniversary of life or death of a loved one is approaching, do yourself a kindness and let it be what it is. No judgment. No self-shooting, S-H-O-U-L-D. No criticism or insecurities with regard to where you think you should be by now. And if you have the courage, and this is a big if, try to travel without anesthesia. In many ways, these dates are no different than any other collection of 24 consecutive hours we've had to survive without the person who is no longer by our side or in our arms. So thanks for joining uh, this episode of The Healing Path. And wow, it's great for me Uh, my own healing to revisit some of these posts because we forget. I forget sometimes I need to like read my own message. But yes, it's quite fascinating that 25 years later, uh, 24 years after my daughter passed away, 
that I would still be reacting to the anniversary of her birth so strongly. Um, and I, I do think it hits us in one of three ways, at least for me. It either hits in the form of what I called pre-gaming, which is very hard to break down if you haven't felt it, but it's that kind of looming feeling that you know the date of a particular day is coming and you don't address it and you don't journal about it or meditate on it. You just kind of like, kind of lean away from it as much as you can. Um, This could be weeks or even months before the date. And if you've done it, you know what I'm talking about, but that's pre-gaming. The rare way that it actually happens is that it hits me on the actual date. I don't think that happens very often. Um, And then the third way is just this, yeah, I call it the grief hangover because if we, if I'm, if I'm lucky enough, or I don't know if I consider it lucky anymore, but if I'm, if I can get through, you know, the pre-gaming and the actual day, then sometimes it feels as though I've handled this particular couple of weeks very well by our, by our definitions of, you know, success for grieving. And then when I'm not looking, I'll get just sideswiped by it. And that's the grief hangover. And that's also what I've come to call the grief threshold. And when we break that, um, yeah, it just comes out whenever it wants and however it wants, wherever we are, whether we're getting an Academy Award or you know wherever we are, if we're holding it down and we get through the pre-gaming and we get through the actual day, a lot of times it comes later. So I share all this uh, just to remind you, if you're grieving, it's been two and a half decades now almost since my daughter died. And I'm never going to stop reacting to these dates. And um, I actually have been working on just when I say I'm working on acceptance, you know, really trying to look at that as, you know, the sign of the the strength that still exists in the love and the bond that she and I have. And gosh, if I didn't feel that way, how would that feel? Would I feel like, oh, gosh, that's gone too. So um, yeah, this is a tough one. Um, but it's still very real and we are kind of building this healing path. So we have to talk about, um, these hard things. So wishing you peace and acceptance and love to hear from you in the chat or comments in the blog, um, about any experiences you may have had in anticipation of, or in retrospection from, a particular anniversary date, um, whether it was the life or death, whatever it might be. So thanks again. And until next time, let's do our best to stay present, to stay grateful and to stay healing. And as always, I thank you sincerely for listening.